Alright, what is going on everybody? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We are getting closer to the dog days of August, which means we are getting close to the football season. The college football season is gonna be arriving first near the end of August. So I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna give you guys a preview, get it all out the way now. We'll be going over the top 25 tonight, as well as the best teams in the nation. In terms of recruiting we'll be also going over the first team and second team all americans as well uh, there's a lot to talk about headed into this uh, college football season some transfers a lot of transfers we got some coaches on the hot seat we got some new coaches being broken in this year as well so we have a whole lot to talk about we'll be going over the count we'll be i'll be having some conference previews as well but let's get right into it tonight uh like i said we'll be going over the top 25 uh starting tonight with just the top 10 and of course uh let's start it off with uh Oregon. Uh, Oregon crashed the top ten this year. Uh, they had a pretty good, they had a pretty decent season last year. They went nine and four. Uh, they also finished, I believe, seven. I think all their four losses did come in the conference, though. Uh, and they got a ball win, and it was in the Red Box Ball versus Michigan State, another ranked team. Uh, the Ducks have the sec the seventh best recruiting class in the nation, bringing in five star defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Auburn will be their season opener. Auburn sitting at number fifteen right now. That game will be played in Arlington, Texas. That's going to be a make or break game in my opinion. That's going to be a good chance to see where the Ducks stand at. That's going to be a good chance to see where Auburn is standing at. Uh, these are two teams that are going to be, uh, well, I already mentioned Oregon is, in top, Oregon is already in the top 10 at this moment. Uh, this will be a chance for both those teams to get an early uh, push into that top four playoff, to a top four playoff spot. Um, they will also be facing some tough, uh, Oregon will also be facing the, some tough Pac-12 opponents, excuse me. They will be facing uh, facing Washington and Stanford, and they will also be going to USC and Arizona State on the road. So these are two big time games right here on the road. Uh, USC, there's a lot that's, you know, people are saying about them. This could be an improvement year for them. Uh, I don't know where USC stands just yet, uh, but they are bringing in a lot of talent. USC always recruits well. Uh, but we have recruited, out-recruited them this year, but uh, definitely a game that could go either way on the road. Same thing with Arizona State. Arizona State's been playing us pretty tough the last few years. If I'm not mistaken, they beat us, uh, if not last year, than a year before. So this is a, uh, again, this is not a pack drill that's gonna be easy, especially in our division. Of course, we gotta face Washington and Stanford. Washington is probably gonna be everybody's favorite, a lot of people's favorite to win the, to win the conference uh, with the Ducks coming in at a, at a close second. Um, but it will be a good a good shot to see what Oregon has. Again, we've been recruiting well for the past few years. So if the question is, can it or will it pay off this year? Uh, usually when it when uh you know because last year we had a pretty well a uh, pretty good recruiting class too. We finished in the top ten. The thing about recruiting classes is they don't necessarily show up the first year because of course they're all freshmen so a lot of these guys are not going to play so the second year the third year that's going to be the biggest impact even this uh top 10 recruiting class the second top 10 recruiting class that the ducks have been able to get you probably won't see a lot of those guys uh day one maybe thibodeau you'll see that defensive end thibodeau getting some action day one but that's probably it but again i think oregon has been recruiting well over the past couple of years uh mario cristobal has been bringing somewhat of an sec environment to the state to the recruiting patterns there at, at that at that school and it looks like it's paying off of course we have to see uh what happens in august 
against uh, Auburn. We'll also have to see the Ducks against those those top Pac-12 teams like Washington and Stanford. Washington is not a give-me game. And, of course, Washington has been beating us for the past couple of years. So, again, very interesting uh very very interesting start for the Ducks. I think uh, that, the, that the sky is a limit, but of course they're gonna have to win. They're gonna have to win the important games. Of course, Washington and Stanford, and of course Week One versus Auburn. Let's move on to number nine. We have Notre Dame here. They have won 22 games over the, over the past two seasons. They're bringing back their quarterback Ian Brook, who averaged who helped the offense average 31 points as a starter. Uh, they also, but they did lose three key defensive pieces, including defensive end. Uh, Jerry Tillery, linebacker Tavon uh, Carvey. They also lost cornerback Julian Love. Now, for this uh, for this this year's Notre Dame squad, of course, they're gonna be playing the same uh, the same rivals, Michigan and Stanford. They're gonna be playing those games on the road. Uh, but more importantly, this year they're gonna be adding Georgia. Georgia is a top five team. Uh, the good be a good sh- uh, chance to see both teams. I actually have Georgia favored in that game uh, significantly. Uh, but again, that is a game. That if Notre Dame is going to want to get to the top four, going to want to play in the playoff, they want to play in a January ball game or anything like that, they're going to have to beat Georgia. Uh, they're going to have to beat Michigan and Stanford, too. If they lose one of those three, one of those three games, uh, I don't think they make it to a New Year's Six ball game. I don't think they make it to a top four. If they win two of those three games, though, I think they finish significantly high in the rankings. I think they do get a ball game. Not a not a top, not a not a New Year's Six ball game or anything like that. Nothing prestigious, uh, but they definitely go bowling. They definitely have some postseason play. Let's move to the number eight team in the nation. Uh, we have LSU. The Tigers finished ten and three last year with a Fiesta Ball win over the over UCF, aka Central Florida. They will be bringing back eight starters on offense and defense. So look out for that, y'all. They have a lot of experience on both sides of the ball, especially up front. That will definitely be putting them in the driver's seat. Uh, But of course, they will have to play Alabama this year. That is their big time game. A lot of these teams uh, that I'm going to be mentioning here, they have a lot of good things going for them. Uh, They might be bringing back a whole lot of different starters. The culture, the coaching staff may still be the same. Uh, however, they got some really significant games on that schedule that they're gonna have to win if they want to get anywhere. Uh, LSU, their big bugaboo is gonna be Alabama. They have to beat Alabama to get anywhere special in the college football realm. So they're gonna have to be Alabama. Uh, they did, they do need to replace their leading rusher Nick Brosette. Uh, they also need to replace their linebacker Devin White and also their cornerback Greedy Williams. Uh, but their quarterback Joe Burrow is coming back and. The the offense, the offense averaged 32, 32.4 points per game with him behind the helm. So that's a good look for them as well. But they got to be able to take out Auburn and Alabama. More, more importantly, Alabama. They're going to be their bugaboo this year. Uh, Ohio State is the number 17 in the nation. And they will be bringing in a new head coach named Ryan Day. Although he has, um, he has been a... Associate, well, not an associate, but an assistant coach in that program for some years now. Definitely came up under Urban Meyer, part of that coaching tree. So they shouldn't. It should not be too much of a of a fall off between the two. But again, they're bringing in a new coach. That's something to look at as well. They they did lose their top signal caller from last year, Dwayne Haskins. They also lost their top pass rusher in Joey Bosa, and they also lost their top defensive tackle in Draymond Jones. Uh, so they got some pieces to fill up. But I think they're still in. A, they're still a favorite to win uh, the Big Ten. They're gonna have. They're gonna have a big game too. Michigan. 
This game is gonna probably be the most significant it's ever been in a, in a few years, uh, because again, you have uh, Urban Meyer stepping away, you have Michigan and Ohio State losing some pieces, but more so it looks like Ohio State lost some more important pieces with the past with Joy Bosa and also Dwayne Haskins. So again, this is a shot now for maybe Michigan to kind of ease their way or to kind of take back control of Big Ten. Again, I'm I'm on the fence about this one. This is probably uh, between Michigan and Ohio State. This is going to be the, the game for both of these guys to, to determine which of the which uh, who's from the Big Ten is going to make it to the top four. Either Michigan, Ohio State. That this game right here is pretty much going to decide. Like I said. Who from the Big Ten Conference is gonna be is gonna be in the top four? I feel like it's already gonna probably be two SEC teams. Uh, you're gonna probably have uh, Clemson in there, of course, and it's gonna be between probably Ohio State, Michigan, and Oklahoma. So again, these games are gonna come down the pike, and they're very important. Every game matters. Every Saturday matters. Uh, for my college football fans, I know y'all know this already. Uh, coming in at number six, we have the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators went three, uh, ten and three last uh, last year, and they also beat Michigan in the Peach Bowl, which is really significant because they have been struggling in postseason play the past couple of years. So that was a good win for them. Uh, their offense is uh, their offense averaged thirty five points a game last year. Look for that to continue uh, because they will be bringing back a lot of starters on offense. Offense. However, they did have three losses. In the three losses they did have last year, their defense gave up 101 points. So look out for that. They're going to need to fill up some holes on defense. They did not play the greatest of defenses last year. And of course, they have a big game as well. They have to get through Georgia. This is a lot of, I mean, a lot of these teams are going to be hung up on one or two important games this year. That's just how it's going to be. So it's important that we know what they are and look out for them. So for Florida, they're going to have to get past Georgia. If they can't get past Georgia, don't look for them to really compete this year. And they're not going to be they're not going to be challenging for uh, an SEC title. They got to get past Florida in that in that rivalry game. Moving on to number five, we have Michigan here. Um, Jim Harbaugh, their head coach, has gone 38 and 14 in four years at Michigan, but he's zero and four against Ohio State, and that pretty much has kept them out of the conference title picture and also the national championship picture because without that win against Ohio State they're not making it to the final four uh, so again this is an important year for them there there's a chance Urban Meyer the coach of Ohio State well the former coach of Ohio State of course is not there they're bringing in some new talent there this is a chance for Michigan to probably take it like I said to to probably take, take control. We don't know. Uh, but they also have a new offensive coordinator named Josh Gaddis as well. And the defense, uh, like I said, on defense, they lost six starters. So very it's very important that they sure all that up on defense. Offensively, they should be okay. They ran the ball, the rate, they ran the ball pretty well last year. And they were pretty much balanced. But again, it's the defense that's missing six starters. And again, they're gonna have to play Ohio State this year. Uh, moving on to the number four spot, we have Oklahoma here. They brought in a transfer QB, one of the one of the more notable transfers of this offseason. They brought in quarterback Jalen Hurts from Alabama. He went 26-2 as a starter at Bama before he was replaced by two attack of Waloa. Uh, they're also bringing in a new defensive coordinator in, in Oklahoma as well named Alex Grinch. Last season, the defense finished 101st in the nation in points allowed and 114th in total defensive yards. Again, that is Oklahoma's Achilles heel. That's what got them slaughtered by Alabama. I personally 
personally did not think that they deserved a playoff spot with the defense that they've been playing. Uh, but of course, the I think the the selection committee they love offense. They love Big Twelve offense. Of course, if I'm not mistaken, there's at least one Big Twelve uh, representative that's in the selection committee for the for the top four playoff spots. So again, I didn't like how they played last year. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm going to really be critical uh, at their lack of defense. I don't think they deserve the playoff spot. Again, I think they're a little bit overrated this year as well. They need to replace the school's all-time leading scorer with their kicker, Austin uh, Siebert. And then last year they did finish 12 and 12. They won the Big 12, but again, I don't think that's gonna be a cakewalk. You have Texas that's on its way back, and you also have some teams that are on the rise like Baylor uh, that can give them run for their money uh you have kansas state that can always do it even oklahoma state can challenge oklahoma this year i don't think this is a cakewalk i don't like the way that they played defense last year unless they were improved there i really don't like them at number four but they're here that's what the experts are going to go with i don't agree uh moving on to number three we have the georgia bulldogs the bulldogs finished uh last year 18th in the nation in total offense with 37.9 points a game they also are bringing in a new offensive coordinator uh james coley uh, but, what they will, but they will be bringing that, bringing back their quarterback, excuse me, Jake Fromm. Last year, he threw for 30 touchdowns and six interceptions. Uh, this will be his third year going in, but they are missing some receivers. Uh, they are missing Terry Goodwin. Uh, they moved, uh, they all moved on in the draft. Uh, they also missing Riley Ridley and also Isaac Nauta. All went to the draft uh, or just moved on, graduated. Uh, all three of the, uh, all three. I think they're, yes, all three of these receivers here, they averaged 100. Well, last year they actually caught 130 passes for over a thousand yards and over 22 touchdowns between them. So that's a lot of production uh, that that quarterback, Jake Fromm, is missing out on. A lot of people who can catch that with some sure hands right there, especially with Riley Ridley. They're going to definitely miss him. So, you know, the jury's still out. I think they can win the SEC East, their division, but I don't know if they compete for that champion. I don't know if that championship game, if they make it, is going to be that competitive. Uh, they do have a big game this year. They will be playing Alabama in the regular season, though. Uh, so if they're able to get past them, mm, maybe you got something here. But again, I just don't see them beating Alabama this year. Alabama looks to be a team possessed. Uh, speaking of which, we're gonna go. We're gonna move on to the number two team, uh, Alabama. You know, the biggest news coming from Alabama is, of course, that 44-16 loss in the national championship versus Clemson. Um, and this is a team that's looking for depth at middle linebacker. Outside of that, we're talking about a stacked team at running back. Uh, we're talking about a, a team with one of the best quarterbacks in the nation with two attack of Aloha. He is a uh, All-American candidate this year. Uh, I think the biggest issue, again, I would say maybe linebacker and possibly even the secondary as well. But again, this is a team that does not give up a whole lot of yards. They don't give up a whole lot of points with the exception of the national championship game. This, this defense is just too good. Um, Alabama, I definitely like them in the number two or number one spot. Uh, their big important game, though, of course, they got to play in that iron ball against, um, uh, I'm sorry, against Auburn, excuse me. They're gonna have to play against LSU too. LSU is a great team as well. Uh, so there's some interesting matches for them over the course of the year. Uh, but again, if anybody's gonna make it through it, it's Alabama. So they are your number two right now. And finally, coming at the number one spot, we have Clemson. They've won two of the past three national championships. They are returning offensive starter, uh, 
offensive starter of Justin Ross at the wide receiver position and Travis Etienne, their star running back. And they're also returning some defensive starters, uh, linebacker Isaiah uh, Simmons, and they're also returning their uh, cornerback, A.J. Terrell. They have actually a pretty easy schedule, one of the easiest in the top 10. Uh, they will be playing Texas A&M at home. Texas A&M is a solid team. Uh, look for them to try to compete in that game, but I still see uh, Clemson winning by at least two touchdowns, probably a final score there, 35 to 21, something like that. Um, something convincing. I don't really see Texas A&M winning that game. And as far as Clemson winning their division, you can pretty much give it to them. Florida State is on the way, on its way out. It's on a downtrend. Um, who else we have in the ACC? Mm, Duke. Nah, they're not going to challenge this year. Uh, we have Virginia Tech. No, you can, you can pretty much put an X on them. North Carolina. Maybe Miami might. You know, pull something off. But uh, outside of that, I really don't see anybody in this ACC conference that's going to give Clemson any type of trouble. So uh, look for them to easily win that 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 conference, and look for their real football to begin. I would say come January, come come playoff time. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we'll be going over the top 25 recruiting classes. Uh, we'll just be going over. Uh, yeah, we'll just. I'm gonna, yeah, just going on the top 25 classes, and then also we're gonna finish everything up with some All Americans. So uh, that's what we're, that's what we're up to next, and I'll be right back, y'all. All right, y'all. I am back, and like I said, I'm gonna start off with the top 25 recruiting classes. I'm just gonna name them off to you real quick, and then after I'm done, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually break them down and, and uh just go through a few schools tonight. And then in my second and third parts, of course, I'm gonna be breaking down some more schools. And even when I do the conference previews a little bit, we'll be breaking down some more recruiting as well. But let's just start off with the top 25 as it is. Uh, coming at 25, we have Purdue. At 24, we have Mississippi State. At 23, at 23 we have Arkansas. At 22, we have Ole Miss. For, uh, for 21, we have Stanford. At number 20, we have USC. 19 is Nebraska. At 18, we got Florida State. Coming in at number 17, we have South Carolina. Then next up at 16, we have Washington. At 15, we have Notre Dame. 14, we got Ohio State. At 13, we have another Big Ten squad here in Penn State. At number 12, we have Tennessee. Then up next at number 11, we have Auburn. And now we're at the top 10, starting with Clemson. And then we're at number 9 with Florida. At number 8, we got Michigan. At number 7, we have Oregon, who I've mentioned before. Right in the number 6 spot, we have Oklahoma. And now we are in the top 5 with LSU. Then at number 4, we have Texas A&M. Then at the third place spot, we got the Texas Longhorns coming in. And then at the two spot, we have Georgia. And finally, at number one, we have Alabama. Like I guess I'm going to break some of these teams down tonight. And uh, we're going to start off with Purdue. Purdue landed five four-star recruits, which is a record for them. They don't really get a whole lot of four-star recruits, but this was a record for them. Uh, they got four 
I'm sorry, five four-star recruits, including wide receiver Milton Wright and also tight end Kyle uh, Belladale. Uh, moving on to Michigan State, they added linebackers Brandon Smith, who was the 18th-rated prospect in the nation, and they also uh, added Lane uh, Lance Dixon. They also brought in another JUCO transfer, cornerback Jaquan Brisker, and they also got four-star running backs Devin Ford and Noah Kane, and they also got the number three guard in the nation uh, with Kadon Wallace. Uh, moving on to Oregon, like I said, this is one of their highest ranking class in program history. They added the number two overall prospect, Kevin Thibodeau, who turned down offers from Bama, USC, Florida, and Florida State. So Oregon, uh, this is one of my favorite college football squads. It looks like we are slowly getting on the map. Uh, it's not every day that somebody turns down Bama, USC, Florida, and Florida State to come all the way out to Oregon on the West Coast. That ought to tell you something. But again, uh, Oregon has kind of been stepping out uh, into into um, you know southern waters and, and recruiting in the south, whether it be Texas or uh, the Florida, where happy for a long time. It's been a long time coming up. We started off just getting the two star guys, the three star the three star guys like the Jacquez Rogers, uh, your James Rogers, even your Michael James. Uh, a lot of guys that were overlooked by the big top schools in Texas. That's what a lot of the uh, you know, the, we were getting a lot of uh, Southern guys that were overlooked by those big time schools. Now we're getting the five star guys. I mean, we've come a long way. My squad has come a long way. They also added 11 recruits from California as well. They're being known. They're being affectionately called the Cali flock, the Cali flock. Uh, a lot of guys from Southern California, uh, including cornerback Michael Wright and also receivers Micah Pittman and also Kristen Williams. Uh, moving on, we got Alabama here. Of course, they are the number one squad in the nation in terms of recruiting. Uh, they picked up the number five overall prospect, defensive lineman Antonio Alfonso. Uh, they Alfino, excuse me. Uh, he had a 4.8240 yard dash. That's a beast. He's probably going to be a pass rusher. A 4.82, 40-yard dash. Yeah, he's going to be a pass rusher. Believe that. Uh, they're also bringing in the top running back in the country, Trey Sanders out of Florida. And they're also bringing in uh, Tua, Tua of Aloha's brother. Uh, his name is Taulia. So they're bringing in uh, Tua's little brother. Uh, I think he's going to be playing quarterback as well. So that's an interesting uh, pickup for them. Um, again, I'll be going through some more of these teams as I break down the conference uh, previews. I'll be telling you about uh, some more of these these uh, these signings and all that. But it's really deep, and this is a, again another important part of the game because, of course, uh, these recruiting classes, the results of them, they don't necessarily show up in that first year because remember, a lot of these guys are freshmen. Uh, so unless they're a JUCO transfer, or they're just a beast, uh, you know. You know they were a beast in high school. A lot of these guys aren't going to start this year. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be something you see later on down the line. So when you hear Oregon still being ranked in the top ten or the top twenty two or three years from now, it's because that that recruiting class was number seven in the nation. And it was one of the best recruiting classes they've had in a long time. If you want to know why Bama keeps winning every now and again, they're always in the title picture. They're winning it every other year that Clemson doesn't make it. It's because they have the number one recruiting class. And so. 
let's say for let's say this year they take a step back, or last year they took a step back and they got beat up in the in the national championship game. They got a lot of new people coming in this year. They got a lot of people that are that have gained experience from last year. So we're gonna we're looking at a team that's pretty much stacked again going into this year. So teams like Alabama, teams like Clemson, they recruit well every year. They recruit uh, well enough to be in the top ten, and that is why they're always ranked overall in the top ten. That's why they're uh, they're getting ten wins, eleven wins, twelve wins a year, conference championships. This is the reason why the Ducks are competing. The Ducks have taken uh, taken their recruiting, um, you know, their recruiting. You could call it their their jurisdiction from from Oregon, just from the state of Oregon, then they expanded it to California, they expanded it all the way out to Texas, and then once they were able to go to those places, they improved the quality of player that they were recruiting. So again, don't be surprised if Oregon wins a national championship in the next couple of years. Don't be surprised if they're still in the top 25 in the, in the next few years. Same thing with Texas A&M. Same thing with LSU. LSU is ranked number uh, five, in the, uh, currently they're ranked number eight in the nation. And the reason why is because they're bringing in a top recruiting class. There's no, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. You know, like I said, they're eight in the nation. Their recruiting class is number five. That goes to that's a lot. That has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, but let's move on. We're gonna wrap everything up for tonight. Let's go over the All-American teams. Of course, these are pretty much your all-stars, and we uh, and they're they're pretty much nominated uh, right before the season, and uh, so you get a, you get a good glimpse of what to look out for. So we're gonna go over the the first team All-American offense. Uh, we're gonna start it off with quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He's a sophomore out of Clemson. Uh, who we all know about Clemson. If you Guys been paying attention. They just won a national championship. Trevor Lawrence, freshman. He was a freshman last year. Look for him to be even crazier. Just saying, his numbers gonna be off the hook. I, I have a feeling he's gonna be one of those guys. We also got running back. His teammate, running back Travis Atn. He is a junior. Uh, we also got another running back here out of Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, also a junior. Uh, one of the top running backs in the nation, if you ask me. Really underrated last year, but I think he's going to be on the forefront for any uh, for the best running back um, of the year award. I think that's the Doug Campbell Award. I also think he's a candidate for a Heisman as well. Again, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. And if Wisconsin does well, and they're able to get a couple upsets or they're able to compete for that Big Ten title, he He's gonna be the reason why I think he if if they have a great year in terms of winning, he's gonna have a great year running the ball. Just putting those two together. We also got we got some wide receivers here. Excuse me. We got Jerry Judy, a junior out of Alabama. We got another junior here out of Oklahoma State, Tylon Wallace. Uh, Tylon Wallace. Excuse me. We got Titan Albert. Um, Aquebuna, junior out of Missouri. Excuse me, junior out of Missouri. We also got. Center Tyler Bladies. He's a junior out of Wisconsin. We also got another. We got some offensive linemen coming up. Andrew Thomas, a junior out of Georgia. We got Alex Leather. Alex Leatherwood, excuse me, another junior out of Alabama. We also got Alex Little Jr. Um, and he's from Stanford. And we also got offensive lineman John Running Jr., a senior out of Michigan. And uh, we also got kicker Andre uh, Andre Smith, a, sm a sophomore from Syracuse. Um, just to give you guys a little bit more detail for Trevor Lawrence, again, uh, his spot there at the top at the top of the first team is really. Uh, he earned it. Last year, he had a 65.2% completion percentage. He also moved for 30 touchdowns, just 
11 interceptions, actually four interceptions, excuse me, and he had 3,280 yards, and we already know he won that championship. He beat Alabama convincingly, and he convincingly just blew out the competition in that ACC conference. Again, I don't see whether anybody's going to give him any trouble this year. So, a uh, really good quarterback. I think he just gets better over time. Uh, he probably jets for the pros after his third year, though. So, sorry, Clemson fans. Uh, for Jerry Judy, uh, one of the top wide receivers coming back this year. He had 68 catches uh, last season. He also had a, a 1,315 yards. He also had four touchdowns as well. And for uh, the offensive lineman, John Runyon Jr., uh, he's a, a Big Ten. He's a all Big Ten honoree, so he's uh, he's one of the top players in his conference as well, and he started all 13 games last year at left tackle. And if he sounds familiar, John Runyon Jr., uh, that's because his daddy, I know him, I know his dad, John Runyon Jr., was one of the best offensive linemen to ever play the game back in the, I would say, late 90s to about mid-2000s for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had some of the best upfront battles on the tr in the trenches with Michael Strahan. Um, definitely one of the best offensive linemen so it's it runs in their family that's all you gonna that's almost say right there john Ryan jr remember that he's gonna be one of the he's gonna be one of the best blindside blockers that we've seen in a while that's my opinion uh let's move on to the second team we got two attack of we all know about the brother from junior uh, junior from alabama we already know about him we got running back eno benjamin a junior out of arizona state really underrated by the way I'm going to talk about him in just a second. We also got running back A.J. Dillon, a junior out of Boston College. We got wide receiver Rondell Moore, a sophomore out of Purdue. We also got a wide another wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, a junior out of Oklahoma. Another underrated cat there as well. We got tight end Jared Pick. Uh, Jared Jared Pickney, senior out of Vanderbilt. We also got center Darrell Williams, a senior out of Mississippi State. We got offensive lineman Ben Bradinson, a senior out of Michigan. We got offensive lineman Shane Lemieux, another senior, this one out of Oregon. We got offensive lineman Price, uh, Taya Wanago, senior out of Auburn. If I mispronounce these names, please forgive me. It's not on purpose. We also got offensive lineman Trey Adams, a senior out of Washington. And finally, we got kicker Dominic Eberly, a, a senior from Utah State. And for Eno Benjamin, again, like I said, he's one of the most underrated backs in the nation. Last year, he had 1,642 yards and also 16 touchdowns. If I'm not mistaken, that led the Pac-10. For Jared Pickney, uh, again, uh, one of the top tight ends in the nation right now. 50 catches last year, 774 yards for seven touchdowns. And for Dominic Eberly, this will be his senior season. Last year, as a junior, he had he went to 78.6% uh, from for the field goals on his field goals. He had 100% completion, 100% on his extra point tries. He had a long, uh, his longest kick last year was for 50 yards, and he was accountable for 141 points. So for a kicker, he did really good. He did really good for himself. Uh, for now, uh, looking on, the, looking at this point in the season, of course, no football has been played yet. Um, I was gonna have some some uh, some predictions about who I might see in the top four or who you might see in the top four. I think I can do that real quick. Uh, again, I don't like to necessarily do this because I feel like it's 
way too early. I haven't seen any football at all. Uh, but I think it would be fair to say the last two uh, competitors in, in last year's championship, Auburn and Alabama, would definitely deserve a spot. Uh, outside of the other four, it's a wild card because again, you're gonna have. I mean, you're gonna have Georgia gonna be Georgia's gonna be in the mix. Uh, they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of love for Georgia in the beginning. There's gonna be some love for LSU in the beginning. I already have a feeling that they're gonna overhype Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's probably uh, we'll see. But I, I definitely gonna hear you're gonna hear a lot of talk about Oklahoma, especially if Oklahoma starts hot. Because again, they love to talk about offense, whether whatever sport it is, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football, whether it's baseball, they want to talk about home runs and RBIs. Whether it's basketball, they want to talk about points and three pointers and all that. Everybody emphasizes offense and offense and offense. Oklahoma's going to be very overhyped coming into the season. I don't think they get past Texas. I, I just I feel it in my heart. Um, that Big 12 is a little bit. Um, there's some teams that you're that they're they're going under radar right now uh, that are not getting a whole lot of hype, but I think could challenge Oklahoma at any at, on any Saturday, and it's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, I don't like I don't like Oklahoma's chances. I don't like their defense. They're going to bring in another another new defensive guy. I think they take another step back or they kind of stabilize. Not they don't become great defensively, but I. You can give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they stabilize. Uh, but as far as competing for a national championship, I don't see it. I definitely see uh, why they would put the Ducks in the top 10. Again, they have a couple, well, they have a few important games. Uh, again, these are games that we've dropped in years in years past. Again, we've lost to uh, Washington in the past by big scores, by massive scores we also lost to Stanford we've lost to Stanford too in the last few years so again these are games that we're gonna have to win if we want that respect again I can I can be all happy for the for the Ducks that's my favorite team of course but again let's be realistic we've been we've lost those games before in the past and a game like a game with Auburn could be uh, a good win for us or a very bad loss so I got I'm gonna be uh very on the fence about the Ducks. I have to see them play. That's a team that you got to see play. A lot of these teams, you just got to really just watch them uh, from the beginning, from the, from the word from, from the word hike, and just kind of see uh, offensively how well do they move, what's their tempo like. Uh, there's there's too many questions for a lot of these teams uh, to really be satisfied. But I definitely got Clemson and Alabama. Uh, those are my first two spots. Uh, again, I see Michigan and, and Ohio State. That rivalry finally meaning something this year, and I feel like the winner of that of that uh, game there can win the Big Ten title. I think the winner of the Big Ten title, because it's either going to be Ohio State or Michigan, it looks to be like one of those blue blood blue blood teams that are probably going to lose between each other uh so that gives one loss you know to one of those two teams and i see one of those two teams making it uh for my fourth slot of course like i said it's wide open i mean uh, even the, the final two spots you know even the spot that michigan or ohio state can have that spot is open uh so there's a case for there's a case for georgia there's a case for oregon there's a case for uh oklahoma as well I i'm gonna give the final two spots just for today i'm gonna give them just just, just because I'm gonna have to give them to Georgia, and just for today, I'm gonna give it to Ohio State. 
just just to just to clear the spots to have the spots taken up and just to end it for right now I, I see I see Georgia being in the mix until it plays Alabama in the middle of, near the middle of the season or whenever that game is because they do play each other in the regular season. So again, Alabama and Georgia will basically be playing each other twice because again I pretty much see Alabama, I pretty much see Georgia winning that SEC East. They're gonna be out Florida. I don't see Florida making it to the, the, the conference championship game. So you can pretty much take them out of the, the top four. Uh, but Oregon, Oklahoma, uh, Auburn if they're able to beat Oregon and maybe upset Alabama they definitely have a shot at the top four as well at a top four playoff spot as well uh, but again it's, it's really wide open um, and it's probably one of the most wide open years I've ever seen uh, this is very interesting because again I think of course Georgia and Alabama you put those two in there the top the other two spots mm, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, as far as the Heisman goes, I definitely got Jonathan Taylor as one of my one of my finalists. I feel like if, like I said, Wisconsin's success and and Jonathan Taylor's success at the running back position, they're gonna go hand in hand. If Wisconsin's doing well, they're winning. I think Jonathan Taylor is one of the top running backs in the nation. Outside of him, then you de I, I got Trevor Lawrence. Um, I got somebody here who's going to be a, a second year in. He's in a, he's in a, a winnable conference. That being the ACC, it's a, it's a conference that you could say is a little bit on the sucky side because Florida State has basically fallen off the map. So um, you can pretty much say that that Trevor Lawrence can clear house in that ACC and really put up some monster numbers. If not him, then why not go with Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma? They've been they had two back-to-back Heisman winners so far. Why not say uh, that Lincoln Riley can't do it again? Who knows? I mean, uh, it's that that race is kind of open as well. Again, you gotta watch it. You know, you gotta watch these games. They're coming. They're coming up in a few more weeks. You gotta watch these games. You'll get a better idea then. Um, you know, I don't like the two early top 25s. I don't like top 25s before any games have been playing because, again, you're just kind of it's, it's arbitrary in all reality. Everything I just said is pretty much arbitrary, in my opinion, because nobody's played yet. So, uh, again, it's very important, you know, that we that this year we pay attention because just like with the NBA, I don't think there's been a year where college football, in my opinion, has been this wide open because, again, of course, you had the you had the one or two spots. Of course, you can get into Clemson and Alabama, but I mean, who, I mean, I would love to see one of those teams face a face a, a a much improved Oregon team, a much improved Georgia team. Who knows? After a year, you know, after who knows what a year can do for these teams? Who knows? And that's what I like about this time of year. There's so much that we can talk about. Uh, but for now, I'm going to call it a, a wrap for tonight. Uh, my next episode, we will be coming back with the top, with some more top 25. Uh, we'll be going over 11 through 18. Uh, we'll be going over some more top 25 recruiting as well. And then I'll be breaking down some conferences. Uh, so we, uh, so next, uh, next time out, we'll be starting off with the Pac-12 and also the Big 12 as well. So we'll be going over the five major conferences. Uh, we'll be going over the Big 12, the Pac-12, 
the Big Ten, the ACC, uh, and also the SEC. We'll be going over the mid-majors conferences as well. Don't don't forget it. If you're if you're a Mountain West fan, you're not going to be left out. If you're a Conference USA, you're not going to be left out. Believe me. We're going to be talking about any every and everything going on. We also got some uh, coaching hot seats to talk about as well. So uh, again, this is going to be cracking. We're going we're going to be keeping a. I'm going to be <laughs> keeping up the pace. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. We got a lot of especially on the sports end. We got uh, sport. We got baseball picking up. We got the, the playoff race coming up. Uh, we have the NBA is done for right now, but of course we got whatever news comes from that. And of course we got football season coming up, college and NFL. So I'll be putting in the work, y'all. So give me the love, give me some support, give a brother a listen, give me some advice if you think you got it for me. If you got some positive criticisms, some constructive criticism, some positive to say, please share it. I got the Facebook page, Never Out of Bounds. Look it up. I got a Facebook page for myself as well. Also, an Instagram. You can look me up at L Jamal Ajani. That is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. Once again, that is L Jamal Ajani. That is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. You can also reach me on my email as well, my Gmail account at L J Butler75. That is, once again, that is L J Butler, E L J Butler 75, E L J Butler 75 at gmail.com, y'all. All right, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out, one love, and I will holla at y'all soon. Oh, don't forget, tomorrow, Sunday, we got the end of the week MLB wrap-up, and I will also be giving you guys an upon further review segment. I'll be talking about my 2002, my favorite team of all time, my Oakland A's. I'm going to give some time to them. We took going back to the year 2002 for my upon further review segment. Okay, we're gonna be talking about my 2002 Oakland A's. Like I said, we're gonna be talking some money ball. We're gonna be talking some Jason Giambi, Jeremy Giambi. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go back in the time machine. We're gonna talk about Mark Mulder, all them. Okay, we're gonna talk about Eric Chavez, Miguel Tejada. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about the 20 win streak. We're gonna talk about the MLB record. We're gonna talk about it all. We're gonna talk about Billy Bean. We're gonna talk about it. Might even talk about the movie a little bit too, because remember, I was there. I was there at them games, rooting for them boys. So again, upon for the review, check it out tomorrow night. My Oakland A's, baby. All right, y'all. I'm calling it a wrap. This is your boy, El Jamal. Good night. Thank you.